Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Welcome back. Monday afternoon. Drive safe. A little, uh, little snowy out there. Well, uh, early winter. No guarantee it's here to stay. Let's uh, let's hope not uh, that it isn't. Selfishly, we don't uh, we don't that much. At least, uh, at least I don't think so anyway. So, see how it goes. Let's get to uh, it. Is the Jason Greger show presented by our title sponsor, PlayAlberta.ca, where of course Game Seven tonight, Monday Night Football, or the only NHL game. Maybe you do a parlay with all three, all three sports: MLB, NHL, NFL. Check it out, playalberta.ca. Jason Greger, Connor Halley with you as we welcome in our uh, Monday and Thursday co-host, our big guest of the day, brought to you by the Spruce Grove Saints. Successful weekend for the Saints. Two big wins, convincing fashion, 7-1 and uh, 6-2. They are uh, back at home on Wednesday. If you want to get your tickets, go to sprucegrovesaints.ca. As uh, Terry Ryan Joins us, of course, uh, played uh, Junior A and uh, Major Junior in uh, British Columbia, now residing on the uh, East Coast. Uh, TR, how you doing? Not bad. Good to be with you again. How was the weekend? You know what? It was, it was pretty decent. Um, you know, not not great if you're an order fan. Uh, of course, uh, losing uh, Connor McDavid for uh, what uh, the team announces won to two weeks and you know now everybody hey a proverbial next guy up terry i know that's always the mentality but easier said than done i would think i'm sure you've played on teams where you know you had a key guy go down with injuries and uh, guys want to rally around it and sometimes it works and then sometimes they're not that good like i think the order is the rest of their team is good enough that they should be able bare minimum to go two and two without McDavid, right? Just be a 500 team, let's say, and if he misses four games. Like, I think that's not unrealistic when I look at the rest of their talent, if they play up to their capabilities. How do you think they they respond to this, and how much of it is a mental game? Well, first of all, I mean, a lot of it's a mental game, but, but first of all, if there was a time for this to happen, isn't it? Isn't this the time? Because, and I know they've got one win, but... They've, they haven't played that bad. I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I really don't think they have. I think they've had some bad bounces. I have no idea what analytics say, but I watch the games. There must be oh, no, some the numbers, that are savoring. Yeah, yeah, lots what? of them yeah. are, yeah. Yeah, lots say that they're going to break out. Okay, so first of all, it, it, it's not really panic button time. It's at the very, very beginning of the season. Uh, they need some kind of boost. They need something to happen. Now their captain's down well-known as the best player on the planet. Okay, but you've also got some great depth there. 
when this happened a couple of years ago, I think they have a much better lineup now than they did. There's, I, I think there's a lot of guys that can step up with a few more minutes. Evander Kane, you're going to, you're going to chirp about it. Here's your chance. You're going to be chirping the coach in front of everybody. Here's your chance. Dylan Holloway. I don't know if there's ever a time. Isn't this it? I'd love to see him get a chance. I really would. I think he's good offensively. Um, you know, I understand why he hasn't really up to this point get a chance to flourish and play a lot. But I don't know. You need, you're need you on the team. You're a former first-round pick. You've been showing nothing but signs of progression. You, you've evolved fairly well as a player. You're saying the right things. You're doing the right things. You're a left-hand shot, fairly fast forward. You just Your captain's out who fits that description. I don't know. Isn't now a good time to go up and give him a chance? For me, yes. That, it'll be curious as to what line combinations, because today they just did uh, special teams practices, only power play and penalty kill, and Vander Kane's going to be on the power play. And obviously Kane can't be McDavid on the power play, right? Like uh, McDavid mm-hmm. and Drysaddle, how they rotate, they swing around all the time, they're moving all the time. And so I think their power play might be a bit more stationary. We'll see. Maybe like Nugent Hopkins obviously is, is kind of filling the role of McDavid and Kane's going to take Nugent Hopkins spot on the bumper. But you know, Nugent Hopkins is a really good power play guy. His number suggests this. He hasn't been a great five on five player in his career, but he's a really good power play guy. So I'm curious to see, you know, like how their power play does uh, without McDavid. I, I think, you know, the onus will be probably now dry subtle and, and Nuge will have the majority of touches. Uh, whereas before it was dry subtle and McDavid. And then we'll kind of see where it goes. But the Lions five on five. And what's funny, if you look at the Orders game, so they lost to Winnipeg. Uh, they outshot the Jets 32 to 14, five on five. 32 14. Um, earlier when they lost the Canucks at home, they outshot them 23 13, five on five. The Flyers game was easily their worst game. I, I thought they got dominated. They were never really in that game. So that was their bad one. Um, even, even against Vancouver, the eight one loss. Um, well, obviously the score is terrible. Um, you know, and they deserve to lose. Don't get me wrong. But the other three games they easily could have won. I wouldn't have been surprised if they beat Winnipeg. You know, Hellebuck made some key saves like Fogel missed a breakaway. Hyman missed a breakaway. They had some chances. They didn't bury. And then obviously the Stuart Skinner hesitation cost them the goal that uh, tied the game late in the second period. So there are some arrows pointing to say, Hey, we could be better, but now you're going to need Ryan McLeod. I think, uh, you know, Curtis, uh, Connor Brown, excuse me. Evander Kane's the big one for me. Like Evander Kane, um, you know, we spoke to Kane today and what he said about that is like, Hey, um, I was asked the question, did you get in the fight to kind of get your game going? He's like, yeah, I only played three minutes in the first period and uh, I got into a fight and then he ended up sitting out eight minutes because of the, uh, the stoppage, right? And he's like, well, those are all facts and it's true. And the reason he only played three minutes, though, I don't think it was because the coach, it was because a, he's not on the first unit power play. And so they normally take a minute and a half. And then the orders kept taking penalties in the first period and he's not on the penalty kill. So, um, I, I don't really think it was the coach upset at him that he got limited minutes. I think it was more of the situation, but I will say Evander Kane of all the guys who need to step up in their top six right now, he's the one who has to do more because Nugent Hopkins produced Hyman's produced dry saddles produced Fogel's got, you know, the production you would expect from him. Kane's the one guy who hasn't done close to enough through, through five games. Yeah. And he might say, okay, obviously they're facts. Lots of things are facts, but there's tone as well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's complaining about context. No, we heard it. I know exactly what you said. We all know what you said. And you're implying that you weren't out there a lot. You, you, he didn't, uh, you know, he certainly wasn't implying that this was a positive thing. And hey, on anything to help the team, it, it was quite the opposite. Now, 
Guy's frustrated. He's a big-time scorer. I'll give him that. The only thing that gives me a little bit of hesitance is that this was the very reason. You're, you're sniffing around at the kind of attitude, kind of things that you say are the reason that so many other teams were hesitant. So I hope that stays in its box because this is just a little bit of adversity. I don't think he's faced a whole lot coming here, but I do, I do believe he's a more mature player, and that was maybe a slip-up because he didn't really – he didn't elaborate or, or, or really go too far into what he said today. I think he was backpedaling a little bit. And maybe it's a guy with a temper in mid-game. You know what? Yes. I don't know. I'd rather get the horse back into the barn, you know, than one that wouldn't want to leave in the first place. Yeah. And whatever the reasons are, he went out and threw his weight around. So I believe his intentions were in the right place. Um, you know, that's I, I, I'd like to keep it in check. But I am i wouldn't be, you know, if I'm a teammate, I'd say that's Evander. And it's probably his his kind of signal. You know, I'm, I'm going to get going now. It's five games. It's not the end of the world, but players like that don't normally go five games, not only not scoring, but being so quiet. You know, he hasn't really done a lot. So I look for him to break out as well as uh, some other players. But I was looking for that anyway. I Like I said, I think they've been on the wrong end of the stick uh for as far as bounces go here early in the season. Yeah, you look at, uh, you know, Kane's being outscored 6-1 to one at 5-on-5 uh, at five five when he's on the ice. Not that, that he's been the main factor in, in those. Uh, I just want to say, and he was on for, for an empty net goal, which obviously never counts, but he's, you know, he's got one point at 5-on-5. Five five. That's it. And uh, amongst the, uh, uh, you know, the forwards on the team, only McDavid and Drysaddle have played more minutes than Evander Kane 5-on-5. Five five. So... He I, he definitely can't complain about ice time, in my opinion, and he and he can't complain about not having an opportunity. He's just got to start producing. And you know what? Streaky scores. You get one, Terry. We've seen the floodgates open for lots of guys. And confidence. I don't care if you're a 300 goal scorer, you're a 500 goal scorer, you're a five goal scorer. It's amazing how confidence can evaporate for even the best player, even though they know it shouldn't. We've seen it in fact, guys, way worse than it should all the time. It just happens. It's hard to not let you get in within your own brain a little bit. I'm sure you probably experienced that at times. Yeah, and it's like it, it, it gets in your head. The, the ice seems smaller. You, you, you feel like you can't make a decision. It's really wild how that goes. Um, and when it comes to confidence with Kane, a lot of players you're looking and you can't really see it. They might start playing a little bit when you're like, Oh, they're making some decent decisions. I don't know. Dry idle. You know, you can, you can tell when he's really on, but for me with Kane, it's when he gets involved. And I, I really am not, I'm not trying to say only when he fights or, or even goes out and throws a hit. Just, you know, you can tell when someone's bearing down and, you know, if he's in the corner, he's stronger on the puck. He goes to the front of the net. He's got a little bit of spit in his attitude. Doesn't always necessarily mean a fight. I know that happened last game, but for me, I, I don't know. Anybody that watches Evander Kane fairly consistently, consistently, I think can see that there's two different Evander Kanes. And the more successful Evander Kane is the one that gets physical, gets in your face, and scores goal from uh, often reacting as as much as you know, uh, an action on a two-on-one or a breakaway. You know, that guy gets his nose dirty, uh, especially in the offensive zone, and you can tell when he's on, and this is his chance right now, isn't it, to uh, reclaim his glory. They go into Minnesota, and Minnesota is like the anti-Nashville for the orders lately. They go into Nashville, they win for fun. They go into Minnesota, they lose for fun. 
Um, they've won one of their last nine visits in Minnesota. And, you know, I, I do, for whatever reason, Terry, there, there is the mental aspect for groups. Like, you go to some buildings, and you're like, God, I can't wait. I love this place. And others, you're just like, God, I hate it. Right? Like, it happens at every level. There's certain places that you feel better about as a team and as an individual. Definitely. And sometimes... Sometimes it's just a mental block, maybe because of some some bad games or some bad plays. For me, honestly, that could come down to like one turnover. It could just get in my head. Like you said, confidence, and it's it's not always the confidence of how you're doing and how the team's doing. Sometimes each building has a certain mystique or an identification, an identifier to you in your brain, and you've just got to – I know, it, it's tough. you just got to get over it. Um, and in my experience, certain teams – it's one thing to be intimidating, but it's another thing to like lull you to sleep and, and, and maybe uh, go out and, and, and beat you by consistently, I'm not going to say boring you, but frustrating you that way. I find Minnesota really frustrating that way. Uh, the, the Oilers often can't, they, they can't, uh, what's the word, flow. They, 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 they want to break out, but it seems that Minnesota has an answer. They had a decent neutral zone trap, and I don't know. They're a frustrating team to play against. But, again, these are minor things. I don't think the the Oilers should have anything to worry about, and I think they're about to break out. And of all the guys we mentioned, or even look oh, – we, we mentioned some guys, but look, you said Vogel. Look at McLeod, another good player, right? Um, Yanmark had a really good exhibition, had, hasn't, hasn't kind of found it. But there's all kinds of potential here. We mentioned Kane, Holloway. You know, a lot of these guys should be really wanting that opportunity, as I'm sure they do. And it seems to me the timing is perfect for someone, and there's a lot of them, for someone to step up. And the situation couldn't be any better if you're an Oilers forward right yeah, now. Yeah, there's 22 minutes up for grabs now for other guys to grab in, in different areas of the ice. And, you know, Connor Brown can go on that list amongst others. We're not playing the same position, but yeah. uh, I think there's lots of guys uh, where the opportunity will be higher and we'll see who grabs it. Uh, Jason Gregor, Terry Ryan with you on Sports 1440 live on Orders Nation YouTube. We're coming to you live from the Ewell studio, E-W-E-L dot C-A for all your electrical needs. Uh, we will return and uh, chat a little of a, uh, Hockey about a team that's kind of the opposite of the orders right now. They're rolling. 325, Jason Greger, Terry Ryan with you as we continue on a Monday. Of course, the orders are in the air right now on their way to Minnesota for a one-game road trip. Then they are back taking on the Rangers on Thursday when it is Doug Waite and Charlie Huddy night when they will be inducted into the orders Hall of Fame. And then on Sunday, it's the uh, Heritage Classic, the 20-year anniversary of the first Heritage Classic, which has now become a, a league-wide phenomenon. It started in Edmonton. The NHL didn't even really want to do it. Didn't give the orders much help 20 years ago. But now, they love it, as do uh, many fans. Let's go around the NHL, brought to you by Mick McDonald's, and you know what you love? McDonald's, Monopoly. And it is back, and there's more chances than ever to win. You can uh, peel on the pack or peel in your app. Do both. More chances to win. All the rules are at mickdpromotion.ca. 
A. And while uh, Oiler fans are not loving the start to the season for their team uh, in a city where it's been a long time since they've had some success, uh, they are quite excited. They've outscored teams 30 to 15 through six games. After losing their season opener, they have reeled off five consecutive wins. And they have the league's top two scorers right now with Alex DeBrincat leading the way with eight goals and 12 points. And uh, Dylan Larkin second with three goals and eight assists. The Detroit Red Wings, are they for real? We'll find out now. So we go to uh, Detroit. We are joined uh, from the Athletic uh, Beat Reporter for the Rings. Uh, Max Boltman joins us. And uh, Max, obviously, hey, the power play is great at 39%. Heck, it was at uh, at 15, or sorry, at 50%, uh, just above it there for the first uh, uh, five games. But what do you make of this start for the Red Wings? Obviously, I don't expect them to win five of every six. But how much improved do you think this team actually is from last year? Well, it definitely improved. I mean, you, you look at kind of how it's come together so far, and they're not going to shoot 16% as a team the whole season. The power play is not going to be a, a historic power play. But what I think it has shown is that their off-season kind of vision of making this a lineup that, while it may not have those elite, elite stars um, that so many of the league's top teams have, what they can try to do is they can build a lineup that's really deep. And I think you've seen that at the top with the brinket, but you're also getting – you know, contributions from guys like Andrew Kopp, who's got three goals already after a tougher year last year. Joe Valeno's got three goals already for them this year. They're, they've had 14 different goal scorers through six games. And I think what that tells you is, while they're not going to be this good all year, their vision did have some merit to it and what they tried to put together this year. And then we'll see how far it takes them. Uh, to bring Kat, he got a, a, a very friendly uh uh, welcome when he went back to Ottawa, which is always the case uh, sometimes for for players. But uh, he's there, for, you know, didn't have the success he wanted. But man, he is loving life early on. Uh, him and Dylan Larkin, man, those guys are on fire. Well, you know, any any answer as to why? And DeBrincat's been a two time forty goal scorer, so maybe we shouldn't be stunned that he's scoring goals. But you know, even for him, this is a ridiculous start. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Dylan Larkin joked last night that they played together in summer league growing up, so they knew it would translate together at the NHL level. <laughs> um, in, in actuality, they actually had a kind of a, a clunky preseason together where we were kind of asking in the media room, you know, is there is, is there a bit of struggle to find chemistry? Well, it looks like they figured that out. And, uh, you know, right away in the season, Dylan Larkin kind of said they, they just kind of stopped thinking so much and, and have played, and that's working for him. Obviously, the the shooting talent that DeBrinket has, you allude to it. He's been a two-time 40-goal scorer. Sometimes he's going to get hot like this, and uh, it's certainly very fortunate for them to be coming at this point in the year. But uh, Larkin's looked really good, too. And it's interesting to me because that's always been kind of a question around here in Detroit is, you know, this is, he's always been the Red Wings' best player. What would he look like with better talent around him? Um, you know, right now he's off to an amazing start, so uh, maybe the first little window into the answer. Max, the East is loaded with some great teams. The Red Wings uh, look promising, but after this real hot start, what are the expectations you think now? Yeah, it's always tough when you have a team that's coming out of a stretch like the one the Red Wings have been in these last several years. Fans, I don't think, quite know how to handle it. Some are, are all in, right? It's it's all right. This is a sign. It's, it's, it's uh, you know, buy your playoff tickets now, and some are, are a lot more cautious because they've, they've seen some brief flirtations with uh, success that have come crashing down. I think people are still trying to figure that out and really have been uh, since before the season even started knowing what to expect from this team. So uh, right now I think people have done a fairly good job 
balancing that they are extremely excited obviously they're most excited i think to see a team that is scoring as much as they have because in the past when they've had these kind of runs these last five six years anytime they've gotten hot it's, it's always just been by playing really strong defense which is no less important but a lot less exciting so i think right now they're excited about that and, and the rest they're kind of keeping in check to see uh, you know let's, let's see where things stand at, at u.s thanksgiving speaking of scoring joe valeno Three goals, six games. Uh, he had a great junior career. I think, you know, he's a great player. I think people know that. I've been watching his progress closely. But now he seems to have broken out. I know it's early. I'm not saying only because of the three goals. I'm looking at ice time. I'm looking at expectations and the fact he has the three goals and an assist in six games. What do you think his ceiling is this year? Well, you're right to not make it all about the, the goal totals because I think the role that they have him in is, is about a lot more than that. And I think, honestly, even if he wasn't scoring, they were already really happy before he was scoring with him um, because of kind of the, the complete game he's shown. He's been really good on the forecheck. His skating's always been an asset. He's really seemed to kind of make the most of it, I think, so far this year. He points to confidence as uh, – as the, as the difference, and I think that's going to make it really interesting to see what this year becomes for him. He's on a one-year contract, so um, what's the ceiling? I, you know, it's so hard to, to peg right now. I think they'd be really happy, though, if he can excel in the role that he's in right now, which is their third-line center. Um, I don't think they need him to really be more than that, but obviously I do think with, with the talent that he has, you know, who, who loves to put a ceiling on guys, right? But I think I think they'd be really happy if he could be a really good third-line center, and, and so far he has been that this year. Max Boltman joins us, beat reporter for the Detroit Red Wings, off to a five and one start. Uh, Max on the back end, of course, uh, you know most siders, their their main guy, Jake Wallman, uh, uh, Ben Sherratt, uh, Shane Gossespierre have been their their top four guys, and then you've got Petrie Hall and uh, Oli Mata switching. Uh, you know, with uh, Hall's played five games, Mata five, uh, Petrie has played four. Um, what it, how you know Petrie being a healthy scratch for the opening game got a few people's eyebrows raised a little bit. Uh, was he struggling? Uh, how would you evaluate him four games in? Well, well Mata was the scratch on opening night, but they've they've rotated a little bit since then. Um, Petrie was, was with Sherratt to start out, and I, I think he has had a little bit of a tough start. But when Derek Alone has described those scratches, he actually described the one yesterday as a, a kind of a maintenance scratch, so a little bit banged up. Um, the, the D situation as a whole is kind of interesting. They, they haven't had the kind of depth that they have this year yet, and okay. so I think they're going to rotate a little bit toward the bottom of that lineup. Now, they've dressed seven defensemen a few games, have they not? They have, and, yeah. and so they, they've, uh, that's one thing that they, especially with Robbie Fabry's injury has opened up for them to do. Derek Lone doesn't mind doing that, especially I think he, he's mentioned on the road he likes it. That's what they did in Ottawa, uh, in fact, and so that that's an interesting one because it gives them, you know, they've got guys like, Gossip spare that you are just kind of power play aces that you really, really want. Petrie, they had been running on their second power play as well. Um, so it will be interesting to see how they sort through that, but I do think the 11 and 7 is going to be a big part of that. What about Clean Coston? Uh, I noticed uh, four games out of six for uh, them. He, everybody saw the hit, and then, you know, him and Gabranson had quite the tilt. But uh, he's only averaging seven minutes a night in Detroit. He's making two mil. Are, are they disappointed with him thus far? What's going on there? Sorry, who was that? I cut out. I lost you for a second. Clean Costin. Uh, he's banged up right now. Yeah. Okay. So that's uh, in terms of the minutes, though. I think um, partly that's a little bit of role, you know. And and when he has been in, it's. Uh, I, I do agree. I, I kind of expected to see him use a little more. They haven't used that whole fourth line really as much as I would have expected, but he doesn't have a, a real special teams role for them, I think is the key in those minutes. He's not on one of their two power play units. He's not one of their big penalty killers. 
Uh, and that usually results in those lower minutes. I, I am surprised it's not closer to 10. I'm curious to see where it'll be um, when he does get healthy and get back in there more full time. And so, uh, yeah, I do, I do think it's interesting. He's a guy they brought in because they didn't really have a lot of his heaviness, a lot of his jam. He showed that right away. I think he, he really brought that physical presence. Yeah. He also had a fight already. So um, that will be uh, interesting to watch when he gets back. When you look at, uh, at Mo Sider and just, you know, the minutes he plays, he's not playing huge minutes this year. He's playing 21. It's not like he's up there at 24, 25. And maybe that's better sometimes. You know, it's hard to log 24, 25 minutes a night. But, you know, Mo Sider to me, you know, the more I watch Detroit games, like I'm really impressed by just how physical he is. He's kind of a, a nasty player. And I mean that in, in a complimentary way. Got to tell me, where, where do you feel Mo Sider is right now? Like, is, is there more for him and if there is you know where is the area of growth left in his game yeah he keeps taking steps i mean i think when you when you talk about the ice time that's where the 11 and 7 also comes into play right none of those guys are playing huge huge minutes when they're when they're playing all of them like that but even some games where i think last night he was only right around 19 or 20 so um they have been rolling the pairs and i think as time goes on you do want to see him become that 23 25 every single night kind of guy but I think he's on the road to being that. You talked about the, the nastiness, and that's such a trademark of his game for sure. Um, they need that from him, there's no doubt. I, I think the, the big steps that they're really excited about, too, have come on the first power play. And you talk about the numbers, maybe that sounds obvious. They really want him to kind of simplify up there, and he's done that. He's become just kind of that simple facilitator up at the top, and he's worked on kind of the, the point shot. I think that's something you'll see as the year goes on, that, that most later maybe ups his goal totals a little bit from what you've seen from them past years. But I think they just want him to be that full, complete two-way defenseman. And if he can be that, if he can be a, a big minute eater that controls the game, um, they're going to be thrilled with it. Goaltending, how's it been? Yeah, um, I think improved. Um, we'll see because right now they're outscoring their mistakes at such a high level that they really haven't had to ask a goalie to be really, really good yet. Like They haven't really had that situation that – you know, late in the game, they need somebody to stand on their head and save it. The one exception maybe being Pittsburgh, and, and I thought Billy Husso held up well there. But the, I think the biggest factor is behind Husso, actually, because he was so overworked last year. Yeah. He really went out. They knew they needed to get good backup depth. And, and James Reimer gave him a shutout in his first performance, but he gave him a solid outing last night against Calgary. Um, that's the thing I'm watching the closest, because I think you kind of know what Husso is. He's, he's a good not amazing nhl starter but he, he can be good enough for you but you're gonna have to have depth behind them and i think so far they have we'll see how that holds up max thanks for your time man i appreciate it we will uh, chat with you soon hey always a pleasure guys take care that is uh, max baldwin from the athletic red wings five and one and uh, i know there's lots of other fans saying hey edmonton could use clean costin uh he definitely could use his physicality i don't doubt that uh, one iota um, but he's having the same trouble in Detroit that he had in Edmonton as far as to get ice time because he's not on either special teams unit. And, and that's across the league. If if your coach, and I shouldn't say can't penalty kill, if the coach doesn't use you on the penalty kill, because I don't know if, if he can or can't. Right? I think there's lots of guys who probably could, but some coaches just say, hey, I like who I'm using, so they don't give other guys opportunity. And then it's hard, right? And you look, Got teams around the league who have fourth line guys who are all playing 10. It's because they're on the penalty kill. It's just that simple. So, um, you know, clean cost and would you want to play clean cost and $2 million to be on the fourth line in Edmonton? Probably not.
right? I like him a lot, but not at two million for seven minutes a night. Tear, what do you think? No, I just think it's too high a price. I really appreciate what he brings, but he's limited. Yeah. Uh, and probably won't get much of a chance on special teams first and or last. So, yeah, I just think $2 million's a lot to spend when you're a team that's going for the cup that has such uh, that has a deal with the salary cap on a nightly. I mean, right now, isn't that the reason we can't call anybody up? The Oilers can't call anybody up because of cap issues. Yeah. So you're going to give a guy like that who plays half a dozen minutes $2 million? It's overpriced. Yeah, like I, I'm kind of surprised Detroit gave him that much. And now it's only four games, but he was playing seven twenty. I've looked at other guys who played one game, um, and they're playing eleven minutes or thirteen minutes, and he's played four games at seven twenty, and now he's banged up, unfortunately for him. So, um, you know, I'm sure he's loving the price tag. But guys like to play, and so I'll be curious to see as the season goes along, does Detroit use him more? I think we saw in the playoffs that Clem Costin. You know what? The guy can shoot the puck. He can be physical. And uh, I think he might be more valuable come playoff time because of those elements. He doesn't become a shrinking violent in the big games. And that's where you'd be like, man, I'd take Clem Costin. I'd probably take him a million bucks, maybe even 1.25. Because then in the playoffs, I don't care. Because uh, you know what? I, I, if he's, even if he's only been bringing me nine minutes, it can be a difference-making nine minutes because of how he plays. Oh, I, I don't get me wrong. I like the way he plays. And if there was no salary cap, it's odd. I, I, <laughs> I think he could play on any team. I, I don't I, like given the salary cap is the reason I think the two million. I mean, obviously, but you know, I do like his game. Uh, but you know, the NHL is a tough league. Even Detroit. Look at look at uh, Jason. They they're real deep. I didn't realize, man. They got cop in there. Think of all these vets. Um, that you mentioned. Uh, it's one thing to have Larkin and uh, Debrinkat. But they have a huge veteran presence. At first, I thought they brought him in for that. God, they got Petries there, like I said, Sprong, Hall, Reimer. Well, Reimer, I guess, second year. But, like, you know, they've got a lot of leadership in every position. And they're humming along up front. And even at the best of times, is Costin going to play on the power play? I don't think so. Um, and Detroit are looking much deeper than I thought they were. So... You know, it's just an example of a player that I, I think, solid NHLer, but it's it's tough to find work sometimes. You know, three forty two, Jason Greger, Terry Ryan, with you on Sports fourteen forty live on Orders Nation uh, YouTube. Uh, when we return, we're going to get to uh, Ryan's rant. We got Andy Petrillo. Five questions. Uh, lots of your texts coming in at eight three three four one fourteen forty, and also four twenty today. Your first chance to qualify to help your neighbor where someone's you're gonna be able to gift someone a brand new high efficiency furnace. Installation included everything from Legacy Heating. That's coming up at four twenty. Three forty seven as we roll through Monday afternoon. Welcome back to the Gregor Show. Remember, there's that little thing for any of you newer vehicles. You look where you turn your lights on, just flick it to auto. Just turn it to auto. Then your lights are on all the time. Front and back. It's much safer for everyone, right? It's a real little switch. Check it out. You help everybody on the roads. Lights on, good thing. Lights off, not very bright. No pun intended. Let's get now to Ryan's Rant, brought to you by Action Electrical. They are, of course, a family-run business, owned for 50 years. They continue to evolve. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. 
Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. And grow. And obviously, uh, solar is a big thing. And uh, they know all about it and all about all the grants you can apply for up to $5,600 you can get free. And also, if you're looking for a resident or your, or your commercial, Get uh, interest-free loans. If you want to get solar put in, learn all about it at actionelectrical.net. Uh, here is Ryan's rant. Thank you, Jason. I'd like to know what you think of something here. Um wasn't sure what to quote-unquote rant about today, but one thing that really, really, really upset me from this weekend's games okay. was the Rasmus Anderson hit oh. at the end of the game. Okay? Now... Here we are. We often talk, you know, the physicality is leaving the game or whatever. I mean, it's obviously still going to be physical. But I'm looking at that, and I thought that was one of the most gutless things I've seen. If I was on – not only if I was on Columbus, I might just – there's only certain things that have ever bothered me. I, I might just, if I played on any random team and I'm part of the union, go after them on behalf of everybody. That was absolute nonsense. And not only that. Not only that, it, it wasn't just that he went for the head or left his feet. It's that there's one second left in the game. <laughs> the guy's got the puck, an empty net. He's obviously going to shoot for it. You can try to impede it. It didn't make it mean anything. And then I look and I see he had 26 penalty minutes last year. 26? At least back in the day, if someone does that, it's someone that can defend themselves. Now you got people, which has never been good, by the way, that kind of a late hit. That's bullcrap no matter what. But all of a sudden, you get guys running around. That's the equivalent of, like, Denny Savard doing that or Alexi Yashin. Like, what's <laughs> going on? If you got to put your head up because of these no minds running around who couldn't fight their way out of a paper bag and are just courageous because it's the very end of a game and nobody's coming to get them – I think it's absolute gutless. The suspension, there's only two ways to deal with it. Either you suspend him or a player hurts him, right? Because I'm fighting him, and I'm telling him, if I don't win the fight, I'm going to break my stick off over your laces. That's what's going to happen, and you're not going to do that anymore. And we talk about all this, and a lot of times, you know, a, a new age fans, or I, I get it a lot of the time, that fights look in, in some ways, barbaric, I, I guess, with the, depending on the situation. And when I played, of course, there was probably an excessive amount of them. But there's a reason they're there, and that, my friends, that is the reason they're there. And I, I don't want to make this about me. I'm going to tell you a story, though. I mean, it's really all I can do is relate personal experiences. I can identify. I was playing in Boise, Idaho. It was the year I had my career-ending injury, and I knew I was done. 
and I hurt my – it was a high ankle sprain I did in Dallas camp. I went there. I think I limped through the year and played 25 or 30 games with the Idaho Steelheads. And my captain was Jeremy Milmock. And he got run from behind by a guy named Darcy Johnson. Now, Darcy and I ended up winning a championship the next year in Orlando. Darcy's passed away now. God rest his soul. But this happened, okay? Darcy, the way it worked back then is that you got suspended against the team that you committed the infraction against. So he got a four-game suspension. They were all against us. And in the West Coast League, I believe there was 10 teams in the league. It's it's all got absorbed by the East Coast League. But – you know, we flew everywhere. So you would go in and play generally a weekend series of games. Uh, that would happen often. So it was, I guess, two weekends that he was suspended. And I put on my gear. I was out for the year, but I was still on the roster. And I went down to John Oliver, the coach, and I had a meeting with the players. And I said, I'm going to put on my gear. I got a high ankle sprain. I can't, I can't push off much. I can definitely fight. So I said, I don't want anybody to worry about it. I'm going to put on my gear, and I'm going to tell them. And I went out and warm up. I said, Darcy, I'm coming. Now, if I lose the fight, I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to really hurt you bad. I'm going to break my stick off over your laces. I'm telling you that. Now, I know that's not a great thing. A lot of people hearing this going, oh, my God, what a violent what a violent player. No, I wasn't. I was reactionary. I like to defend my teammates. But I was absolutely livid. It's out there on YouTube. I dressed. I got the one shift, like I said. I beat Darcy pretty good, and then he apologized after the game, and we remained friends until he passed away. Not only that, we won a championship together the next year in Orlando. But it was brutal. I know myself, and if that was me, or, or, or you know, and I mean, there's a lot of other players out there. One thing, one thing that'll never leave is emotion. So he did that, and I don't care. I know the game might be getting wussified a little bit, but... Don't tell me that doesn't bother you. Don't tell me that that doesn't bother a few players on that team. And before the year's out, he'll get his from somebody. And I wish I was younger. I wish I was better. I wish I was in the NHL right now because I'd be coming, Rasmus, and I'd be bringing hell with me. Oh, buddy. I'll say this. And I've anybody who's listened to my show for quite a few years is where I stand. I think Rasmus Anderson is the biggest pretender in the league. And I've said it for a long time. You know what? Uh, he, he's talk tough all the time. He doesn't bat. He's a good player. Don't get me wrong. Would, would I want him on my team if I was a fan and I want a good player? Sure. But I think he is the biggest pretender as far as somebody who acts infinitely tougher than he actually is. That was not tough it was cheap. There's a very big difference between tough and cheap. Some tough guys will be cheap every now and then, but they're tough. That was a cheap shot to a player who it's, it's Pat, it's line A. A is pretty good player in the league. B, he's not somebody, although I will give Line credit. Last year, Line had a pretty good scrap. So you know what? I think Line, I would love to see Line A drop the mitts because he'd wipe the floor with Rasmus Anderson. I'd firmly believe it. Yeah. And if he didn't, then I would have a Columbus guy now. Gabranson obviously would crush him, so it wouldn't be him. But if I'm Boone Jenner, I'm someone else. I'm like, I don't care. This is one where I would go to my coach and say, you know what, guys? I'm going to get an instigator tonight. Are you guys going to kill it off? And I know, I've know i talked to players over the years. I played at a low level. When a guy took a, a very aggressive penalty, you killed it off for whatever reason. I don't know how. It's the you know, karma, whatever, have it. But guys would do anything to kill that penalty off because they're like, this guy's standing up for our teammates. It's a good one. At Rasmus Anderson is such a pretender. It bothers me to no end. I hate pretenders. Don't If you're not tough, there's nothing wrong with that because it's hard to be tough. Just don't pretend you're yeah. tough when you're not tough. And so I love what you said at the start, though, Terry, how 
other guys, even if like, even if you're like, if you're friends with Patrick Lining, you might look and say, you know what? I'm going to get this SOB when the time's right for me. And that's something I'm going to watch for because his feet left the ice blatantly with one second to go on a nothing play because the game's over. It's a nothing play. And, um, you know what? I, I know he appeals. He has his appeal with the league. If Gary Bettman reduces, I wish, I wish Gary Bettman would do what Struddy's principal did to him. Struddy appealed his grade 12 test because he didn't, he did thought this, he thought the grade was wrong. So he rewrote it and he got a worse grade the second time. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't so, know that. Oh, God, it's a great story. We love it. He's told it a few times. But the point is, I would love them to appeal, and Bettman's like, you know what, Rasmus? You're right. This should have been five. That would be unbelievable. I would love it. I don't think it's ever going to happen, but uh, there's no way they should reduce it. That's one of the more gutless plays I've seen from a guy who I think is one of the biggest pretenders in the NHL. Yeah, and it's at, there's one second left, so the penalty minutes don't mean anything. So literally, the only way that he can pay the piper is to be suspended or to be dealt with that's yeah. it that's yeah. the only two options we got here it's true, totally uh, true. so so to me i i don't know like i i'm usually on the side of I, I i often think i think more than average suspensions are too long but i think this is way too short too short way too short like that was i i'm looking at that like as a compassionate human like you're in my union this isn't a playoff game. We're Columbus Blue Jackets. You're cal- What's going on? Do we have a major rivalry? Did we just have a bench brawl? No. There's an empty net. And Patrick Laine, who didn't do anything to you that I know of, maybe I missed something early in the game and I'm wrong. But if I'm not wrong, then what are you doing as a player, as a, as, as a union member? You're supposed to go to bat with me as a union member, and you're going to run me like that, try to hurt me. Like, that was apt to me as gutless as gutless gets. There might be some reactions. Things might happen out of temper. You know, there might be worse looking plays, although I don't know of many. And he's appealing a four game suspension. I'm absolutely astounded. And I wish, I wish some of the reason people say I, I like to play. I, I like the moments on the bus with my buddies and scoring a goal and everything. Honestly, one of the things I miss is be, being able to deal with that because I, I don't know. I grew up an only child. I didn't like bullies on a playground, but you couldn't deal with them because you'll get suspended or you'll get arrested. Well, you know what, Rasmus? Here I come because once the confines of these this this hockey arena, once we're skating around and once I'm in a league, it's a five-minute penalty. Or worse, I'll break my stick over you and get a two- or three-gamer. How do you like that? I hope somebody does because uh, I don't mind people going hard. I don't even mind the odd dirty hit. I mean, I mind it, but I'm – frantically frantically frustrated and angered about this that was trying to hurt somebody and for for absolutely no reason other than cowardice absolutely uncourage uh, or 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 no courage total cowardice and i hope that he pays the piper soon by a big tough guy or a stick Jason Greger, Terry Ryan with you on Sports 1440. I love the rant. I love the passion. That's uh, Ryan's rant brought to you by Action Electrical. Uh, coming up, uh, Andy Petrillo will join us. Also, our first qualifier to help your neighbor where they could win a brand new high-efficiency furnace from Legacy Heating. That's all coming up in the uh, 4 o'clock hour. But first, here is the con man.
Sports 1440 update brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling. Proud to bring back Help Your Neighbor this year. Well, they will install, take out the old furnace, install a brand new high-efficiency furnace. We're going to gift it to someone who really needs it. So stay tuned for the next month, and uh, you could be helping your neighbor with Legacy Heating.